Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your ShopRite Can-Can girl, hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In your mouth. <laughs> hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Michael Munoz. And um, I need to start thinking of a new way to start this quarantine pod because... Um, what else are we doing but going to work or working from home and then staying home and or maybe going into the office and and coming back home there isn't really much happening these days is there i i really don't know um for those of you out there that are blessed to be working uh i would love to know what y'all are doing to keep yourself busy because between, you know, recording this podcast and doing some computer work and maybe having a nightly glass of wine. These are my days these days. And I mean, I said it last week and I'll say it this week. I mean, Halloween is basically here. All the Christmas decorations are being advertised. And I mean, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. I mean, what are we doing for Thanksgiving, y'all? What are we doing for Thanksgiving? I mean, I know I posed the question, but I don't really want to think about it. And so with that, I am so excited for today's episode because, you know, we're just going to continue on with the, with the like LGBTQ food royalty in your mouth and on the pod. I am so excited to have my guest on today. He has been making money moves, doing the thing, and he's cute A. F, uh, please join me in welcoming Edward Massey. Say hi, Edward. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am amazing. Still stuck in the house, but amazing. Uh, I can't thank you enough for giving me time out of your very, very busy, busy schedule. In your mouth, listeners, Edward is busy AF. Um, that's the phrase today, AF. I don't know what's happening this morning, but that's what's coming out of my mouth. Um, and just in case y'all didn't know, uh, <laughs> uh, Edward was born in Lebanon and he's a Brooklyn-based private chef and caterer um, inspired by the flavors and colors of the Middle East. Uh, chef Edward's unique take on Mediterranean cuisine stems from the recipes he grew up perfecting in his grandmother's kitchen. But 
My favorite thing about Edward is Edward's money moves these days because Edward, during a pandemic, opened his own grocery store called Eddie's Grocery. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, how exciting. How exciting. And I want to really, really get into this. But before we get into uh, anything, in the grand tradition of In Your Mouth, I want to wish you a happy National Frappe Day. <laughs> Thank you. I'm actually having a frappe right now. Um, uh, that, But that doesn't look like traditional frappe. Have you got- <laughs> <laughs> this is the gay frappe. It's called Black Cold Brew. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we change it to Happy National Gay Frappe Day? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a national. I mean, cold. we like to drink. We like we like to drink our cold brew t- all year round. It doesn't matter if it's snowing outside or when it is. We're still having our cold brew. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's a move. It's like a move that we do. Yeah, it's it's definitely a move, a vibe. You know, it could be like five below, and you'll see that queen out there with her venti. Fenty cold brew, no sleeve, just walking along, no gloves, nothing. nothing. <laughs> it's like it's like the really just slurping. Yep, just slurping yeah. away, no face mask, nothing. But it's like the smokers that you see outside in like five below, you know, anything for a cigarette. That's kind of the same thing when it comes to the cold brew. Yeah, for sure. Um, for those of you that don't know out there, um, traditional like Greek frappe um, is this like Nescafe instant coffee that you kind of like put in a shaker. Have you had that before? Yes, I've had that before. It's delicious. It's you- like, it's too, it's too sweet for me. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big like sweet guy when it comes to a coffee. And I thought it was a bit too sweet. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know what? Did you see that... Um, Dalgona coffee trend that happened during quarantine with the two spoons and the sugar and the yes, and yes, the, yes, yeah, like the whipped coffee. So that's like mm-hmm. that's like um, when that became a, a thing via TikTok or however that came about. I was like, this is like Greek frappe. Why is this all of a sudden a thing? It became like a thing, and it also became like an Asian thing. I felt like yeah, because um, they do it in Thailand, right? It came yeah, from Thailand. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I think we're here for it. So happy National Frappe Day to you, Edward, and all of you out there. And moving right along to this day in gay history, um, did you know in 1977, The Advocate celebrates its 10th anniversary in Washington, D.C.? The Advocate is an American oh. LGBT interest magazine printed bi-monthly and available by subscription, but it's the oldest and largest LGBT publication in the United States and the only surviving one of its kind that was founded before the 1969 Stonewall riots. Look at that. Wow, Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, right? That's a little fun factoid for the day. You know? Yes. Now, um, now if I can only get on the, the Advocate's uh, best podcast list or podcast you should be listening to. <laughs> no, it will be great. Um, and I'm sure you're, you're soon to be featured anyway, because you have been everywhere these days, you know, um, on the news looking cute, um, doing interviews looking cute, just, you know, just looking cute, feeling cute all around because of your new venture. 
Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been it's been kind of crazy. I've been uh, been doing a lot of different interviews for um, ABC and PIX11. I did one for the Brooklyn News and I've been uh, getting interviewed left and right, which is really great for the store. Yeah, that's amazing. So what went through your mind in in like in thinking, Okay, you know what? Now in the middle of a pandemic is a great time to open a grocery store and start like a, a business. Well, the thing is, I because my catering business went down, I just was trying to figure out what I can do. And I was like, well, maybe I'm going to get into the food publishing world, or maybe I'm going to get into the food media world. And I was just really, maybe I'll be just become a private chef full time and go out to the Hamptons and live with a family and do that. And, you know, when, when, when everything that you've been building for the past three years, nonstop, you know, shatters in front of you. You're like, what am I going to do? So you, you, you kind of like write a pros and cons list and you're like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And this has kind of been always in the back of my mind, but I never thought it would happen now, I would say. Um, I thought it would take me another two years of savings to really get there. And when I when the pandemic started, I was like, well, what am I going to do? I started doing a quarantine menu. So I was cooking these prepared foods and people were either, the Greenpoint community was really amazing. They were coming to pick up food from me. It was like a contactless way. I would put the bag outside and they would come and take it and Venmo me. Or I was delivering to you through Uber. So I'd put the food in the Uber and that was doing really so kind of like brought I kind of felt, well, let me bring my catering world and my my quarantine menu world together and bring it to a storefront. Um, and I really was, I was gambling a lot because I was like, well, I don't know what the neighborhood's going to think or what the neighborhood's going to do. And I think with the, when the pandemic happening, I think like, you know, June, July, August, we saw so many people moving out. So I actually was pretty worried. And I felt like a lot of my friends stayed to their parents' house or wherever they were going. I was like, shit, like, am I not going to have any more clients or people coming in. So it was it was very worrisome, but somehow, some way it it's it's been uh, it's been shining so far. Yeah, that's incredible. Just the story of, you know, figuring it out. And I think we're all in a place of figuring it out. And I certainly know that I'm in a in a place of like what am I doing with my life and what's the next step and how how are we gonna grow now that all these other opportunities aren't available anymore and how do we how do we pivot and keep going on the track that we were going so um it's really inspiring and it's really interesting to see how how you are maneuvering that and how you're how you're succeeding in that as well um it's it's really really beautiful now are you are you school trained prior to uh, starting this catering business? Are you self-taught? Uh, tell me all about that. I did go to culinary school. So I did, I am like trained. Um, I was school trained, but I think like we weren't, I wasn't trained to become like a catering chef let's say like you know i was i was trained with the fundamental skills of like cooking and chopping and the mother sauces and this and that but i think a lot more goes into play when it comes to catering i think a lot more mind process and a lot of organization goes into it because i think that you don't just get to like with catering you're not able to just 
pick up and do it. It's not like you're cooking at a house or cooking at a place where you have everything. You have to make sure you're super organized, making sure that everything is planned correctly with the client and you're able to transfer things correctly and you're not forgetting anything and everything is either not cooked or cooked enough so it doesn't spoil whatever it is. Um, so I think that when it came to catering, it was a lot of self-teaching, um, a lot of self-teaching of what could hold well, what will transfer well, what can be eaten at room temperature, um, what like models like to eat, what Upper East Siders like to eat, what Tribeca moms like to eat. Like, you know, it's a lot of learning what your clientele wants. Wait a minute. Did you just say what models like to eat? Are you feeding the model world? <laughs> Were you feeding oh, yes. them? Oh, yes. I was... <laughs> I sure, sure was. I was doing a lot of that. Um, I was, I, I was working with a few studios here in Williamsburg and out in Chelsea and in Tribeca, and I was uh, working at like Milk Studios and the studios in that big building in Chelsea, like by the Hudson. I can't remember the name of it. Um, Martha Stewart's in that building. I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, no, I was doing lots of shoots like Uniqlo and Rag and Bone and uh, Draper James, Reed Witherspoon's line. And I was doing, um, what's that men's shirt company? Untuck It. That was a big one. I was always catering for them. And, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't know if you know, but I have been obsessed lately with America's Next Top Model. Okay. <laughs> And I feel like I am part of the world now. I am like 16 cycles in out of 25. I don't know what came over me. <laughs> I love that. I actually, I have not seen the new seasons. Uh, there, I don't think there are new seasons. I just, oh, I, okay. it's, it's the problematic syndication seasons that I'm watching, right? Because there's a lot of problems, but um, I always say that Tyra paved the way for a lot of queer POC uh, and people of color in general, um, just opening doors in that way. So like, it's like, uh, it's this weird scale that that show is on. But um, I just love that little model factoid, that little model yes. Factoid, yes. So from catering into this grocery store, and I love the story of this grocery store and how it came to be because this grocery store wasn't just a, a vacant lot that you just walked into one day and you're like, I'm going to open a grocery store. You actually had a relationship with what was there before. Tell us about that. So um, so I actually live around the corner from the, from the deli. Well, from the grocer, but it used to be called Maria's Deli and it was owned by Maria Puck and she has owned it for 43 years. She's a Polish immigrant um, and she had, I would say like a Polish American deli with your typical roast beef and turkey sandwiches, but she also had her like beet soup and her pickle soup and she made her goulash and she made her stuffed cabbage and she had lots of Polish groceries and it was a it was a beautiful spot but what was great about it is that it hadn't been around for 43 years and it was really a neighborhood staple and I was I just became really good friends with her I mean her sandwiches were so they were so good I would have to come in all, I had to eat a Maria sandwich once a week like I had to eat it once a week it was the reward of the week so um but wait a minute wait a minute did you say I'm just going to interrupt you here um did you say pickle soup Yes. 
what is pickle soup? I actually, it's so funny you say that because she came in yesterday because she's teaching me soups because you know it's soup season now. So it's officially October and it's soup season. So I was like, let me let let's learn some Polish soup. So she came in yesterday and taught me how to make a a beet horse, which is um. It's a beet soup. And yeah. she taught me how to make a pickle soup. So you shred the pickles and you boil them with butter. And then you add them to your stock with parsnip carrots and uh, some dill. And it's basically a dill pickle soup. But what you're doing is you're, you're, you're cooking out the vinegar. So it's not like you're drinking like a vinegar liquid. But it honestly, I know it sounds weird. And that's how I felt as well. But it was... It was really good. She adds heavy cream to it. I skipped the heavy cream. Um, I don't think it needs the heavy cream, but I think overall it was it was it was actually pretty uh, pretty shocking how good it was. That's oh my god, um, y'all! If y'all out there are, have pickle soup recipes, please send them my way. I I'm very 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 curious now, and um, I'm glad you took out the heavy cream because Lord knows. Um, I can't do any of that dairy myself. <laughs> so you're on this journey. You're learning from Maria. You're you're going to you're going to get her sandwiches. You know, on a weekly basis. There is nothing like a Brooklyn deli all out there. Um, from you know beyond New York City, uh, those of you that a good, are listening, a good Brooklyn deli, a good Brooklyn deli. Now I live in Times Square and 120 square feet, and there is not a there is not a good deli for uh, miles. I want to say near me, yeah, so there's nothing imagine. like it. So you're on this journey with her. How does it happen that you end up forming like a, a deeper relationship? That you end up kind of transferring ownership. We always like joked around about the situation. I think we always were like, oh, like, um, like she, well, first of all, she was getting old. She was, she was sliding her feet on the ground. She had been working for so many years. I mean, I cannot imagine owning a place like that for 43 years. And she did it all. She cooked, she was the cashier, she was making the sandwiches, she was stocking, she was doing the inventory, she was doing it all. And at her age, I mean, I don't know how she did it with grandkids running around and her kids stopping by. I mean, I really cannot imagine how she did it for that long. So um, I think she had been talking about letting go for many years, but she just held on to it because it it was her baby and it was her it was her everything it was what was left for her to look forward to and so she was she started like closing here and there weird hours she would uh, like take a two three week vacation and close and i think it was almost time for her to retire and she had talked about it that by the end of this year by december she was going to retire so and you know her and i had always joked around about it but then in December, my parents came to visit me and I took them over to Maria's Deli and she met my parents. And we kind of had almost a serious talk, like, okay, I'm going to take this over, but have to wait until you retire. And my parents looked at the place and they liked it and, you know, cute, cute, whatever, hugs and kisses. And then when the pandemic happened, she closed and um, when it's kind of the perfect, not working anyways. And if I was catering, it would have been so much more difficult to do this. So I called her up and I was like, would you want to transition? And this was like in May. And she right away, like very like harshly was like, no, 
I'm not doing that. I'm coming back to work. I'm reopening. I'm getting ready to come back. And um, then she called me back after two weeks. And she was like, I talked to my family. I talked to my kids. And I'm ready to retire. And I think it must have taken a lot of talking from her kids, a lot of almost brainwashing to be like, you got to let this go. You have to let it go. You're getting too old. And I think her having three months off her feet, she really enjoyed that. And she told me that, like, she really enjoyed sitting with her grandkids and really called me on Labor Day. And she was like, which is a Monday, obviously. And it was like May 28th, I want to say. And she, um, and she told me, I'll be back on Wednesday. It was like June 1st or 2nd, June 1st it was. And she was like, I'll be back on Wednesday and let's talk. So I went in there on Wednesday and we talked and she kind of gave me an offer. And then I kind of gave her a counter offer. And then from there, we kind of just... Just it just happened. And throughout the journey from like June to July of me going to sign my my lease with her, I kept getting worried about her backing out because it was like it was said, but it wasn't written. And when people started seeing that she was moving out and so you know, I was helping her move everything out, and she'd been in there again for 40 plus years, she had so much shit in the store. I mean, that basement was full of shit. I mean, it was gnarly. It was crazy. So it took a lot of work to get all her stuff out, but seeing moving trucks and seeing the trash company come in and the Polish neighborhood is very small here. A lot of the Polish people started talking to each other. And then she started getting counter offers. This guy giving her a hundred grand. This one's giving her 200 grand because they want to turn it into a bar. They want to turn it into a doctor's office. And, you know, at that age, which I even would say I would take a better offer than when I was giving her, you know, I'm this little young kid that wants to open a grocer and I'm not really paying her much because that's, I can't afford it. And some way, somehow she picked me over money, which I think is not, not something that you see nowadays. Um, I think that normally people would go for a grand big amount of money, especially when you're in your 60s and going to retire. You're like, I'll take the check and I'll go and I'll go retire. So I think that was really beautiful in a way. It, made, it showed me that she really cared about the place and she really cared about me being successful. And she really just, ha- we had a bond there. So she turned down all the other offers and she went with me. Yeah, it's very old school that way. And and it's kind of, it's turned into this mentorship, uh, it seems to me. It seems uh, from for us sure. talking right now. Sure. And and so it's a way for her, because, you know, 43 years, uh, you're giving away your, essentially you're giving away like your child here <laughs> to someone. And, and it's a way for her to still be a part of it without being a part of it, you know, without having to do all this labor intensive work. I think this story and this journey is just really, really incredible and incredible for you as, as you came here when you were 10 years old and you grew up here, you know, um, and just like, you know, like living the quote unquote American dream almost, you know, of like succeeding and thriving and owning your business and and just having this like old school partnership. It's so beautiful. So, so beautiful. It really, it really is great. 
Yeah. So I think that would be a great time just to put a pin in it, right? And take Edward to my favorite part and your favorite part of the podcast, a little something I like to call Food News Update. Food News. Food News. Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News Update. Pumpkin spice macaroni and cheese is now coming to the U.S. this fall thanks to Kraft. That's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I am just not a pumpkin spice type of guy. You'll never get me pumpkin You're not a pumpkin spice gay? I'm not a pumpkin spice gay. I'll never be a pumpkin spice gay. I think it's absolutely disgusting. And I mean, I didn't grow up with pumpkin spice. I didn't really grow up with pumpkins in the Middle East. So I, it's just not for me. It's not for me, darling. <laughs> It's not for me, darling. I love it. I live. Um, so yeah, uh, apparently Kraft released some pump, uh, pumpkin spice flavor of their mac and cheese in Canada, I want to say. And it got so much like talk and like backlash and whatnot from the U.S. that they did this giveaway last week on Twitter and they gave away a thousand limited edition pumpkin spice pumpkin spice craft mac and cheese products and i i i'm i'm not here for a pumpkin spice mac and cheese like what what would that even taste like i mean it's like i mean it's really not that crazy you're just adding pumpkin spice which is like you know cardamom and cinnamon to to cheese but like that's kind of gross but and sugar no are, are are we leaving out the sugar is it like uh, a sweet mac and cheese I would think, I would think, I'm guessing they left out the sugar from the mac and cheese. I would hope. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I would, I would hope to, y'all should have seen Edward's face as I read that headline. He was like, um, no ma'am, no thank you. No well, ma'am. No, 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 thank you. Well, Kraft, um, we're just gonna say we're just gonna ask you to do better. I think we we need we need you to do better in these trying times. Buddy Velastro posted a photo from the hospital following a bowling accident. Now this happened like a week, a week and a half ago. Did you see? Um, and I just picked this because a I wanted to wish Buddy Velastro well, right? Because you know, because he has an empire. Wait, who 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 did who did? I don't know who this is. Uh, Buddy Velastro, the cake boss. Oh, oh, yes, yes, that guy. <laughs> that guy. We. I wanted to wish him well, but I also picked this because um, you working behind the behind the counter, and there's like I'm sure there's all sorts of machinery, and it's very scary. But you would think that that's hopefully not where an accident would happen, but it's the most likely place an accident would happen. But he apparently has a bowling alley in his home. And went to go take out a pin that was stuck and got his hand stuck and mauled a little. Uh, How much cake is this man selling that he has a bowling alley in his home, number one? <laughs> well, I mean, the man, he's made an empire. Let's talk about an empire. That's 
that's building an empire for making cakes. And I mean, I remember I was like, I, I think I was in high school and I drove from Boston to Jersey with two of my girlfriends to go eat at Carlos's bakery. And I remember waiting like two and a half hours in line to walk into like a hallway of a store in Jersey. And I was like, how the hell are they filming the show in here? First of all, because it's so tiny. And B, it wasn't even that great. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't that great. Like, you know, it's not that amazing. Um, but he's really built an empire for himself from that TLC show. Yes. Uh, much like you are about to build an empire for yourself with Eddie's Grocer. Honey. I hope so. Yes. I hope so. Snaps. Snaps all the way. <laughs> Well, I just picked it because I, you know, um, I just wanted to wish him well. He's part of the food community. And you know what? Here's uh, happy and fast healing to you, buddy Velastro. And last but not least, a YouTuber rewrote the lyrics of Cardi B's WAP to be about wings and pizza. Have you seen this? <laughs> no, that sounds great. Oh my god. That sounds great. There's some um it starts it? it starts with there's some buns in this house. Oh my god. I wish I could play it for you. I'll I'll sample it in, right? Cuz I don't I don't have the money for the rights for it all, but I'll sample it in. <laughs> um and she goes, "Got to get me some wings and pizza." <laughs> That's great. Because it's so funny because last week I spent I'm not even kidding, an hour and a half sitting in bed at night when I should have been sleeping, watching moms react to WAP, WAP, like listening to the video or like listening to the song. And it was like, I literally had never laughed so hard in my life at these moms like reacting to the song and like, or their daughters being like, do you know what WAP is? And like so many of them were like saying like different things. And I, it was absolutely hilarious, but I really like the swings and pizza. That, that, that's a good one. Yeah. So, um, Lardy B with an L Lardy B a YouTuber with over 154,000 subscribers makes daily vlogs, food, food taste videos and TikTok compilations but most popular are her videos that change the lyrics uh, to popular songs like uh, Cardi B's uh, WAP and so she came out with this um, and she goes I said you know I like to eat 11 days a week wings and pizza stuff that crust with extra cheese <laughs> <laughs> I live I live that's you... some good stuff that I need to listen yeah, I will I will definitely send it to you when we're done here. But um I had to explain to a friend of mine the other day what WAP was. And he's, you know, he's in his mid-40s, um, to say the least. And he was like, What is this WAP? He goes, Everyone is doing the WAP these days. And I said to him, This is not like the Watusi or the twist. I mean, I'm all about I'm all about the WAP. I don't understand the gays dancing in front of their parents with the WAP going off. I'm like, I just, I don't get that part. <laughs> well, you know, the gays are forever acting a fool um, for the followers, to say the least, you know, or, or the most. Um, you know, so anything for a like or a click or a, or a share, I say these days, you know? And with that, yeah. I think this is a great way to end. Boo! news update 
I, I hope that was life-changing this morning for you, Edward. <laughs> that was. That was. The pumpkin spice mac and cheese is quite something. I can't forget that one. Are, are we adding it to the list of things you're going to put into the into the cold case at Eddie's Grocer? Definitely not. Oh, rats. <laughs> I need to get down there. You know what um, really sparks... Um, really kind of warms the cockles of my heart about your story and what you're doing um, and what kind of sparks really sparks my interest um, in you is um, the crossroads of you being Lebanese and and queer and opening this establishment. Can, uh, can you talk to me about the importance of, of just that and this moment for you? I mean, I think, I think that A, there's just not a lot of like, Lebanese people that are, well, first of all, there's not a lot of Lebanese restaurants in New York in general. Um, so I think that's something to start off on. And I think that there's not a lot of like, um, well, Middle Eastern food is Middle Eastern food, but I think like I, I, to me, at least because I'm Lebanese, Lebanese food sticks out to me. So I think like not having Lebanese food being highlighted in New York City, when in other cities, like you go to London or you go to Paris or you go to Canada, to Toronto or Quebec, anywhere you go, Lebanese food is really highlighted and it's spoken about and it's really like, it, it, it's in the spirit of the city. So when I first moved to New York, it made me sad not to see Lebanese food everywhere. So I think that is that is something on its own that I really wanted to highlight and bring to more people. I think uh, being gay, you know, that that just adds the extra spark to things. It gives you, um, it gives me the, that extra like, of like being artsy and being able to like do more with the food and being um and and just and just I think taking everything to the next level but I think it's been at first when I first moved to the city it was very difficult to be a gay chef in a very like dominantly like straight kitchen um with within all the restaurants that I worked at I worked at three different restaurants and I think that was very very difficult and you know you're the chefs are always put you in your place where exactly is my place that you're trying to put me into so I think being you know being able to do my own thing and being my own voice and trying to voice myself through the food that I'm putting out I think highlights me as a human which is a Lebanese gay man incredible absolutely incredible what was your coming out like oh god <laughs> I hate talking about it okay <laughs> Oh, I mean, um, we, we don't have to, but only if you'd like to. But I always ask because our stories matter. And um, you being this very specific entrepreneur in a very specific way in the culinary world, and you're and you're about to about to make change. You are making change. Let me say, in this in the foodscape, holding your own and serving your food, and and it's important. I think as as a gay man, as a gay Lebanese man especially, hello, um, to kind of make your imprint and and share that story because you never know who you're going to inspire. So so this is why I ask everyone because our stories matter. Our stories are each each unique and and a stories like yours is so impactful, I would imagine, for others. Well, so I I came out to my like self and I was out to myself and to my friends for many years before I think coming out to my family. And I think it took a lot out of me to come out to my family because 
Um, not only am I Lebanese, but I'm also Greek Orthodox. So my family is super, super Christian. And I think they're like, not only is it illegal to be gay in Lebanon, but it's also like looked down upon. So I think it was very hard for me to really get there and to really come out to them. And, and, you know, when, like, when do you see your parents? Do you see your parents at Thanksgiving, at Christmas, on Mother's Day, somebody's birthday? It was always a, a celebration, and I didn't want to ruin the celebration. So I actually ended up coming out to my parents on my graduation weekend because I was like, if I'm going to take the line away, like the light away from anybody, it's going to be my own self. So I came out to them many years ago now, um, four or five years ago, um, in the Karen Park um after after my graduation and we were like walking around the Karen Park and that's when I came out to them and you know they didn't take it well which I knew they weren't gonna take it well but I I guess I didn't I didn't know what the impact was gonna be on myself um of them not taking it well because I'm very close to my parents. So we didn't speak for a while after that and I think it made me in the moment, it made me very sad, of course, but I think it made me stronger and it made me want to prove to them how good I am and how it doesn't matter what my sexuality is when it comes to my work ethic. And, um, and you know, at that time is when I, op- I started my own catering company. And throughout those, those months of not talking to them, those were the steps of me opening my catering company, coming up with the logo, you know, starting new clients and really kicking it up a notch and putting my website together and all that. And it was kind of like an homage to prove to them, like, I still got it. Like, no matter what, if I'm gay or straight or bi, I still got it and I can still couldn't do it in the long run. So, and I think like now where we are three years, four or five years later, it's come like a full circle for me at least. And now they're very, um, they're very happy with what's going on. They're very proud, but they're also encouraging me to always do more. And I think that they've really put aside who I sleep with and who I end up in bed with at the end of the day and what I'm doing for myself and my culture is what matters. Yeah. And this is why, this is exactly why I ask and why our stories matter because, I mean, you're the first Greek Orthodox Lebanese uh, gay grocery store person on this podcast. Um, You're so unique and so specific and so beautiful. And look, look at the other side of, of the rainbow, the, the bridge that you've crossed into into becoming successful, into coming into your own and and showing that you're no different than anybody else, right? And and not everybody's so lucky to have parents come through the other side with them like that. So um, that's also very beautiful, but your our stories matter and, and how how beautiful and how interesting. So thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. Thank you. You know, and, you know, transitioning right out of that. Speaking, speaking of who, who you're sleeping with, are we single these days? Let kids know. We are. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> are, we are. Um, yes. In your mouth, <laughs> listeners. So, I mean, this podcast has, uh, I guess, become, you all are just listening to, to Munoz's virtual dating uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just pick very attractive uh, gay men, the gay men that do come on, just to talk to and stare at and flirt with and make uncomfortable yeah. on the podcast. 
<laughs> but if you're but if you really want to look at the beautiful pache that I am staring at, please go to at Eddie's E-D-Y-S Grocer on Instagram while you're listening because the face is something to look at, people. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank or you. Slide into those DMs. Listen, Eddie, I say, um, I always tell people to slide into your DMs. So if someone slides into your DMs, the stipulation is you have to share. Okay. Of course, of course. Sharing is caring. Hello. <laughs> I mean, but do you even have time now for some love interest now that you're like, it seems that you're like 24-7 at the grocery store. I am, I am, I really am. Um, I don't, I don't have time, but I'm, I, I have to make time as well just to stay sane. Um, so Saturday, Sunday is half days. So I get out of there at four. So it's like, at least I have the nights and then on Mondays we're closed. And even though Monday is our prep day, I have been trying not to go into the grocer and I've been having my kitchen manager lead the kitchen during that day. So I am trying to get like one and a half day off, which I mean, doesn't sound like a lot, but it's, it's actually a lot for me, especially when the first six, seven weeks I was working every single day so I am trying to take I'm trying to step back and be able to like care for myself and you know I got a pedicure last night which was really nice and you know try to fit in like maybe a massage once a week or a beer trim or something to kind of like do something for myself for that like 15 20 to kind of you know put a break yeah I mean self-care is of the most importance these days especially um especially because a lot of us are just working from home and stuck at home. And like, you know, I've been stuck in this tiny shoebox for months now and trying to stay sane just in my space is a different feat, but also opening a business during this time and working seven days a week. And now um, how beautiful that not only did you open a business, but now you're, you are employing people who may have lost their jobs like during this time. And so self-care is definitely of the most importance. What's what's next? What's next in the grocery business? Where are we going? What what can we expect to see? Um, what can you expect to see? Um, a lot of I'm doing a cookie with Gracie Baked, which is one of our neighbors here. She's making like a halva uh, fudge cookie for us. I'm collaborating with the Babka Bread Company that's here in Pol- uh, that's here in Green. Point. It's a Polish bakery. Um, I'm making a juca bread with them. I am rolling out some soups and sandwiches next week. So that will be really fun. And, um, you know, that kind of stuff I'm putting together in Eddie's. Oprah is one of my biggest, biggest, biggest everything. I love her. I think she's quite amazing. She's pushed me so much in my life to become a better person. And I'm thinking about doing like an Eddie's like list favorite list for the holidays with like eddie's favorite like what like kitchen utensils and kitchen ingredients uh so i've been kind of putting that together for the holidays which will be really fun i think i'm going to do like a friendsgiving to go dinner that you can pick up for you and your friends a mediterranean friendsgiving dinner and we're going to be doing a um, halloween pop-up for halloween weekend with my good friend waldy he owns a filipino catering company he's also part of the lgbtq community so um we're going to be doing a little filipino lebanese 
companies pop up at the store. That's incredible. I love that. I love like uh, these are a few of my favorite things, especially because your grocery store carries non-traditional things as well as traditional things. You have Polish items and Mediterranean items on your shelves as well, like things like pomegranate molasses I saw, which I love and and rose water and, um, you know, very unique things that aren't necessarily your everyday staples. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on to play with me, to chat with me, to... This has been um, just giving me, actually... Um, some of your time because uh, you're extremely, extremely busy, and um, it's been a pleasure. Just thank uh, you. Just talking. Listen, let the kids know a where they can find you on the internet, and then where they can like stroll up in to maybe like flirt with the with the sexy grocer, you know, behind yes. the counter. Yes, yes. Uh, so we are located at 136 Mesdral Avenue, Eddie's Grocer. We are open Tuesday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. And on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can follow me at Edward, spelled the French way, E-D-O-U-A-R-D-M-A-S-S-I-H, Edward Massey, or at Eddie's Grocer, E-D-Y-S. It's not E-D, it's Eddie, E-D-Y-S Grocer, G-R-O-C-E-R. Um, yeah, slide into my DMs. We love that. Yeah, with with a, with a little shoulder shimmy. I love. <laughs> yes. I love that you're like it's not Edie either. Not like little Edie. Like I don't know whether this is tuna or giblets for the cat. <laughs> <laughs> because Dwarven. everybody's been coming in and they're like, "Is it Edie or Eddie?" I'm like, "It's Eddie." <laughs> but you can call me Edie if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, much, much love and thanks to Edward just for coming on the pod. Thank you all out there for dealing with our little, you know, technical issues today and whatnot. Um, You know, Zoom and thank you to Zoom for just, you know, supporting me through this, not sponsored, but supporting this podcast through the entire pandemic, which has been quite amazing and has given me a way to connect with the most beautiful people uh, doing amazing things in food in our community. Um, Y'all out there, stay safe. Head over to Eddie's uh, Grocery. you know, buy some meze for me. Why don't you send me some? I can't wait myself to go. And with that, stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands. And as always, thank you for listening to In Yo Mask.